Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Amen. Thanks, Neil. Um, good morning, everyone. Nice to see you all. Um, yeah, slightly different morning this morning. So um, I've got some things I want to share, open up the Bible and look at together. And we, um, hands up if you got an, the email on Friday and you read it, you read your weekly email. Oh, good. Very good. Um, excellent open rate. Um, and uh, great. Well, so we mentioned in there, there was, um, so last week we had an AGM, which was um, great. It's really good. It's very full. Lots of stuff going on. And, and there are some things that uh, we were hoping to share last week uh, at the AGM that we didn't get a chance to. But we didn't just want to kind of roll it over to a Sunday morning. And there may have been a reason that you didn't come to the AGM and didn't want to feel like you were then getting trapped into coming on a Sunday morning. And we'll tell you the things that you were hoping to escape. Um, there's some stuff that we think is really important for who we are as a church and where we're heading. And so we actually we wanted to um, make sure that uh, that didn't wait, um, that didn't get kicked down the road. But actually, it's doing it on a Sunday morning is a great opportunity to... Um, basically look into a little bit what's underneath, some of the heart, some of the theology, some of the, um, actually what, how we're being led by Jesus in some of this stuff. So I'm excited to open up a few scriptures with you this morning. Um, also, one of the things that uh, we mentioned last Sunday night and was in the email was um, a, a change within the CLT. So um, you would have noticed that uh, Andy and Lucy um, have announced that they are, are going to be stepping back um, from leading. And so um, we just wanted to... Um, Pray for you this morning. Is that okay? Um, come forward. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, we um, we love these guys. They're amazing, and um, they got a chance to share their heart a bit on Sunday night, and um, and uh, yeah, basically just kind of the season they're in at the moment, capacity-wise, just being on CLT um, isn't a fit right now so um we uh, but we so love these guys they've been amazing they've been absolutely um critical in the last few months in particular and how we've led as a church family and we want to really honor you and thank you and bless you into this new season um so uh, why doesn't everyone stand up and let's let's pray for these guys um, father god thank you so much for andy and lucy thank you for all they are and all they carry Father, thank you for all the different ways that they bring your kingdom. Through what they do in this church, in their family, in their work lives, in their, in their neighbors and their friends. Thank you, God, that they are sold out for your kingdom. And Jesus, you are, um, you are so delighted in them. And God, as they just um, step back for a little while from um, some church ministry, Lord, would you refresh them and would you encourage them? Lord, I pray that they would feel um, the weight of your, your love. They would feel the weight of our love wrapped all around them. So we thank you for them. We bless them. And we're so excited for um, who you're making them in, into and all the different ways they're using them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the, the kind of main thrust of what I want to share this morning is a thought that I shared um, <clears throat> a little while ago, and it's this idea that there's a way of doing community that can turn the world upside down. There's a way of doing community that can turn the world upside down. 
And it's inspired by um, the book of Acts. And obviously, that's a place that we go back to and look at and get um, really fired up for. And um, it was a description that was used of the early church that actually, who are these people that are turning the world upside down? And, um, and I'm of the opinion that a big part of that is, um, is how they loved each other and how they were connected. So I want to look at that again this morning, but maybe with a slightly different twist. So um, if you've got a Bible, um, starting in Acts chapter 1. It's just going to read out verses 6 to 8. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so <clears throat> we've got the, the disciples asking Jesus, like, what's it going to look like when you come into your kingdom? What, what's, how, what's, the, what's the end goal? How, where are we heading? And obviously Jesus talks about how the, um, the spirit is about to be poured out. And obviously we, we go on to read in the, in the next few um, verses about the day of Pentecost and how the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples. And Basically, what Jesus is saying is that the way that the kingdom is going to spread is that um, the, the spirit of God will be poured out on all people. And, and, and through that empowering the Holy Spirit, the good news, the gospel, the message of the kingdom, the rule and reign of Jesus will, will spread outwards. It will go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. From the places that are nearby, that are familiar and less familiar, and, and everywhere across the globe, like God's intention is to um, bring His kingdom through um, the outpouring of His Spirit on people, and it's um, this wonderful picture of how kind of we we track throughout the Bible of what it looks like for God to be with people. We've looked at it a lot in Exodus when we talked about God's presence and we talked about the tabernacle. And obviously then we have the whole idea of the temple that actually there's this physical place that God dwells with his people. Even on Easter Sunday, we thought about, you know, how uh, when Jesus died and that temple curtain was torn in two and even, even the separation within the temple is now, now gone. And, and there's just this, um, but all the while through, it's this idea of how God is with his people because ultimately that's God's heart is to be with people. And then, um, What's amazing is actually in this new phase of history that was inaugurated with Jesus' death, that actually um, the temple isn't going to be a physical building anymore. It's people. That God is going to pour out his flesh on people. He's going to dwell amongst people. And that, um, that Jesus himself was the firstborn of this new creation, this, first, this fullness of heaven and earth coming together and, and finding its, its unity in one person. And um, there's so much more to be said about that, but um, it's just exciting that actually God's going to dwell amongst people. And, um, and actually the kingdom isn't going to stop at just what we expect. It's not just going to come to um, what we hope, what we could see, what we can imagine, but actually it's going to spread to the ends of the earth. And the kingdom is not going to stop coming until it encompasses every tribe and every tongue. So we get this, this idea from Jesus, like this is what the kingdom coming is going to look like. And then... Um, and then Pentecost happens, and we're going to uh, look at that at Pentecost Sunday in more, more detail. It's going to be really exciting. And um, we see it's obviously a very famous bit of scripture where, um, uh, where the disciples are filled with the Spirit, and, and God does some amazing stuff. And then at the end of it, 
we have this kind of like little summary, um, which we, again will be very familiar to you. So Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came all over them, came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. And this kind of comes as a little bit like, almost like a bit of a summary at the end of this amazing outpouring, this initial kind of thrust of kingdom activity. And I find it fascinating because it's almost like as, uh, as, as Luke is writing this, kind of is wrapping it up, he's sort of saying there's something really important about how the disciples were with one another. That um, It talks about the fellowship they had, the way that they preferred one another, the way they looked out for one another. And it's almost like their, their community, their, their, their church, um, as they wouldn't have called it at that point, but um, was almost like this container into which God was able to pour out his spirit. And it's um, actually that we see that then continue throughout as, um, as the, the church gets established and it spreads. And even thinking about Paul as he goes and, and it goes from place to place and place amongst the Gentiles and plants communities of faith. And it, I think that's important because, um, as, again, as I've shared this before, sometimes we think about um, community and particularly how we do church. And that almost feels like the destination, like, oh, if we can just do church really well, then that's the goal. But um, I see it more like actually kind of the nature of who we are as a community and how we love one another is actually kind of um, pick your metaphor. But whether it's the container that God pours something into, it's the vehicle that he uses for it to travel on. But ultimately, um, the destination, the goal is the coming of his kingdom. That actually Jesus will be glorified, that um, the world would look like he always intended, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But community is vital in how that comes about. And um, yes, this idea that actually healthy community um, helps to usher in the kingdom of God. And Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom in his parables. Uh, one of the ones I love is when he talks about how it's like yeast. You know, the kingdom of God is like yeast. It's, it's not this, this obvious big structure that you can point up and look at. It's not like, you know, if you think about the story of the Tower of Babel, you know, where those, where those people were like, oh, if we can just make something massive and impressive, then everyone would be like, wow, haven't they got it? Haven't they smashed it? Like, actually, the kingdom is about, is, is pervasive. It's like yeast. And, and just in the way that yeast is in every part of the dough, so it is when the kingdom of God comes. It, it comes into every part of the world. And it, you can't necessarily um, separate it out, but, but it is the active ingredient. It's the agent of change. And, um, and it gets into every little nook and cranny. And what I love is that um, it is by the spirit. And that, is, that, will, that will always be a mysterious thing. And it, it, it is, you know, if something is spiritual, um, it means it is not, not physical. So you can't necessarily hold it. But, um, but also it isn't, um, when we talk about the kingdom, it isn't just like, like this atmosphere, this like magic in the air. It's people. Like we are the yeast. Like as we um, 
submit ourselves to God as we worship him. N.T. Wright talks about how we're like these kind of like 45 degree angle mirrors that are sort of looking up at God and worshiping him and reflecting him back to the world and like almost like being this, this place that are um, moving towards heaven and earth coming together. Like um, that's people. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. <clears throat> and so um, I just love this because how we love each other, how we're connected to one another is amazing in and of itself. But I think it has a higher purpose in actually what God wants to achieve in bringing his rule and his reign into the entire world. And usually when we talk about these things, especially when we talk about Acts 2 and, you know, we think about um, what does it look like for small groups to have teaching and discipleship and all those kind of things. We're thinking primarily within the context of this room or this building. We're thinking primarily what does it mean for our church um, to do these things really well, which is great. Um, But here's what's really fun. Like, actually, there's only one Christian community. There's only one body of Christ. So if community is the um, vessel into which the spirit is poured out and the vehicle by which the kingdom of God is extended to the ends of the earth, then that applies both to what we do internally, but also goes far beyond that. It applies to how we as a church connect with other churches other ministries, other aspects of the body of Christ. As one body globally, how we're connected is key to the mission of God. Again, think about, think about that 1 Corinthians 12 passage when we talk about um, how we're all members of one body. And we think about just like, well, maybe within this church family, I'm an ear or I'm an eye or I'm a hand or whatever. And that is really a helpful picture. But also, can we start to widen our perspective? Think, what does it mean for Vine Life to be part of the body of Christ? Maybe we're an eye. Maybe we're an ear. Maybe we're a fingernail. Maybe we're a bit of hair somewhere. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But connection is key to the mission of God. And I just want to read out um, something from Jesus' prayer. It's an amazing high priestly prayer. So John 17, chapters 20, uh, verses 20 to 21. This is Jesus saying, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message, which is us. I pray that they will be all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. There's a way of loving one another that actually bears witness to the world about who Jesus is, that the world will believe in him because of how well we are connected to each other and to God. Uh, we, um, a few of us from the CLT had the privilege of being at a meeting on Wednesday night. Um, just a load of uh, people in church leadership teams from across Manchester that were getting together just to pray, pray for the city and pray for each other. And um, one of the pictures was shared was this whole idea of, you know, the, um, of Nehemiah rebuilding the temple and that um, there were uh, 
like this, the walls were half built, but um, as the community took responsibility for the bit that was in front of them, actually they were able to, um, to complete the task. And it was uh, doing so in a way that actually you were prepared to, to drop what you were doing and go and help if there was um, a situation somewhere else along the wall. And it, it, was, it was a really beautiful picture to kind of pray into together. And similarly, someone also shared, um, you know, thinking about the Great Commission, the idea that, um, you know, when Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, now go make disciples of all nations. What would it be like if we thought about that Great Commission as a co-mission? As something that we do together. Not just as something that I feel like I ought to be cracking on with and that the church that I go to will probably help and probably organize some stuff for that as well. But actually, within the global body of Christ, what does it look like for us to have that co-mission together? Like, churches weren't designed to exist in isolation, just as individuals within churches weren't. So I feel like everything you've ever learned, everything you've ever experienced about what does it mean to be part of a community, can we start to think about how does that apply across across the body of Christ. And um, the reason why I wanted to share about this today is because actually as a, as a leadership team, it's, it's something that we think is really important for us as a church, that Vine Life would have active and healthy connection to the wider body of Christ. And that actually, you know, in doing so, that would help us connect to the, to the mission of God in the world that um, all of us as individuals, as churches, would be those living stones that are being built up into this glorious place in which God dwells in the earth. And um, the great thing is, like, this isn't new. <laughs> this has been going on for a long time. And, and actually, particularly in Manchester, in the, in the last kind of um, couple of decades, like, it's been a huge, um, a huge um, feature of what the church looks like. And even in my experience, like, have had the privilege of, um, being part of um, student ministries and student leaders that connect to one another. And um, so we, we meet regularly kind of once a month. And through that space, um, seeing leaders actually be, go from being like sort of just okay to be in the same room to actually we're, we're friends with each other and we're cheering each other on. And then beyond that, oh, there's things that we can work on together. And, and we've seen fruit in all sorts of places in terms of different, um, different ministries and churches connecting to each other in a way that they hadn't previously. We've seen um, missions, uh, like we did a Christmas mission across the city um, last year. We've done some um, like prayer and worship nights with the Catholic Church. And it's all flown out of a desire that actually um, that we're connected beyond just the things that we do day to day. And that there is, there's something about thinking about what mission field are we in? How can we take a collective responsibility for it? How can we look at it collectively and think about how do we do this together? And, um, and that's something that churches across Manchester are, um, are hungry for. And we're hungry for that as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, you know, you'll have seen it in your own life. How amazing is it when, to, you know, when we hear from other people and we have a guest speaker come in and they bring something they're carrying from a different place, or you know, when we get a chance to, um, to sit down and have conversations and hear different perspectives, like relationships have so many benefits and we're really keen that us as a church um, are, are active in relationship, and we are. Um, but there's, specifically, we, one thing we really wanted to talk about today um, was the idea of oversight. 
Uh, and you'll have heard us talking about um, external oversight. I feel like I've said that word, having never said it in my life until about two years ago. I feel like I've said it every second day since. Um, but it's something that is really important to us. And, and we want to speak um, right, quite practically about tonight and um, this morning. And I'm going to hand over to some guys to do that in a minute. But I wanted to sh- share this heart for um, Kingdom Connection first. Because it's so easy when you hear words like oversight, accountability, covering, all that kind of stuff, um, to just put it in the context of safety, to just put it in the context of like having a guardrail and have it, and those kind of things, which it absolutely is, and those things are really important. But it's not the whole. Like actually, part of what um, any kind of healthy connection, and we we feel like oversight is part of that, is that it's about us taking our place in the global mission of God. It's about us saying our yes and amen to Jesus' prayer in John 17, that we would be one. You know, it's about us as a church saying that we want to seek the kingdom of God, seek God's kingdom in a global sense, and that trust in that everything else will be added to us. And so we just really wanted to um, have that in our heart as we're thinking about um, what it means for us to be connected and be overseen. And ultimately, um, we believe that there's a way of doing community that can turn the world upside down. And we want to position our church, we want to position Vine Life to be part of that. So um, is it all right if I pray um, and then we'll hand over to looking a bit more specifically? Father God, thank you that it is your heart for us to be connected across your body. God, thank you for all the ways that that has been true in our church history. And Father, we just thank you that you're always doing something new. That you always have more for us. And God, as you um, you are speaking globally about what you want to do, as we are seeing you um, move in powerful ways, Father, we want to be hungry for that and we want to be hungry for being a community that is connected to your body. Help us to be those that celebrate what you're doing across your church. And Father, would you just continue to to move amongst us this morning and continue to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm handing over to John and Emma and Neil, I think. Yeah, great. Welcome these guys. Yeah. Good morning again, everyone. Whilst the seats come out, uh, let me just do a little segue into this section. So um, for those of you that were at the AGM on Sunday night, and some of the, you may feel what I'm about to say, and and some of the feedback we've had is that sense of, oh, but all of that information was relevant and helpful, but like, where's the vision? Where are we going? What's next? And, And we feel as a leadership team that tension and frustration, quite frankly, <laughs> um, as as much as as some of you may do, and um, and I think I'll probably describe these last sixteen six to nine months as a case of just putting one step in front of the other, and that's just been the time it's been, and the ability for us to kind of raise our heads and have the capacity to say, Jesus, where are we? Where are we going? Like, where where are you leading us? Is um, I feel is is the now bit of the journey, and I feel I feel at total peace that that is okay in God's timing, 
even though our humanity might want us to be moving quicker and running, it's it's been a slow walk at points. Um, but that's okay. Jesus is with us. And I feel like linking into that part from Luke I shared earlier, um, we've cried out over and over again, Son of David, don't pass us by, I think as a church, these last couple of years. And he's been faithful and he's been with us. And as he gave sight to the blind man, he's giving us vision too, spiritual vision to see where we're going next. That's, that's I think, part of his, the way he's showing up for us as a community is, is, is who are we and where, and where are we going next? So um, we're going to talk super practically into that now that Ralph um, set the kind of... Um, just based us in those wonderful scriptures so well. Thank you for doing that, Ralph. And John is going to um, just give us a little bit of a context for what, for for our church history, really. Vine Life has been in existence for, for over 20 years. And external oversight uh, is the phrase that we are using. I likewise have said that phrase more times than I can possibly count by now. Um, John's just going to give us a bit of a sense of actually what's that look like for our church historically. Um and what has the last six to nine months looked like specifically? Neil is then going to talk to us about actually as a leadership team, what is it we're sensing? What do we feel is the right way to go? And then I'm going to give a bit of a sense of, so what's next? Okay, so that's where we're heading. Great. So like I said, um, we're going to talk about where we've been because to kind of know where we're going, got to know where we are and know where we've been is also really, really helpful. So um, kind of roll the clock back. 34 years, that's a little bit more than 20. Yeah, uh, we were planted in 1989 by Martin and Linda Smith. Um, and we were planted as part of the Vineyard Movement of Churches. We were called Vineyard Christian Fellowship Manchester. It was the 80s, so I think that was like cutting edge at the time. Um, but um, so for the first part of our history, we were part of a large international um, network of churches, um, a movement, if you like, um, and that was brilliant and beautiful and um, did a bunch of fun things, um, like hosted a bunch of conferences with John Wimber in the 90s. Again, some of you, you'll be like, no idea who that is or why that was a big deal. Um, same for me. Uh, but apparently that was a big deal at the time in the 90s. Um, but um, kind of in the late 90s, the Vineyard Movement went through a bunch of changes um, and things shifted and changed and we became an independent church. Um, kind of in the late 90s, maybe it was 2000, something like that. Um, again, I wasn't there at the time. I'm telling you someone else's story. Um, but we kept the name, um, Manchester Vineyard. Um, so some of you will have will have rocked up like me in the early 2000s to a church called Manchester Vineyard that wasn't part of the Vineyard Movement, but was an independent church. Um, and then later on, kind of uh, 2008, we did end up changing our name to Vine Life Church Manchester, um, kind of one eye on the past of being part of that vineyard movement and then thinking like, okay, we need to be on our journey out of this um, and, and leave the name behind. Um, so we picked the name Vine Life. Um, and then, um, we so we've remained an independent church kind of for, for that whole time, um, kind of had lots of different friends all around the world and in the city. Um, Kind of, uh, as Ralph mentioned, um, some of us were meeting with other church leaders um, this Wednesday evening. That meeting itself is an overflow of a gathering of 
um, church leaders that's been happening every month on a Friday morning. Um, used to be at the Anchor. Um, shout out to um, Phil um, Smith and uh, Richard Annis, who really just brought that bunch of people together over the course of the last sort of 20 years. Um, and that sort of opportunity for other leaders to gather is an overflow of that. And so we've, we've always had friends in the city. Um, but in terms of like formal connection, the pro probably the closest we got um, over the last little while was from about 2015. We began describing ourselves as part of the Jesus Culture family. Um, kind of what that looked like, um, we did a bunch of um, fun stuff. We hosted some events here in the UK with um, Jesus Culture. Some of you came to um, the uh, Manchester Central Convention Centre and did a bunch of um did a bunch of events there. Um, but that relationship um, really was kind of built off of a friendship of Finn and Sarah, who were leading the church at the time, and Banning, who um, led Jesus Culture. And obviously, Jesus Culture, they are in California. They're in Sacramento. That's a long way away. And so when um, situations um, got hard for us in 2021, actually, it became really apparent that um, a transatlantic relationship didn't provide the connection and the proximity that we needed. And that relationship um, kind of came to a close in, in 2021. So in 2021, we were no longer um, part of the Jesus Culture um, family. And I think um, as we were reflecting at the time and as um, our leadership culture review reflected, actually kind of the, the support that we needed needed to be a little bit more geographically geographically close to us, have a little bit more proximity and have a little bit more accessibility for everyone in the church and not just um, the senior leaders or those in leadership. Um, and so out of the back of that process, um, we had something called Discovery Team. Now, um, Discovery Team was kind of a bunch of people, some from within our church, some from outside of our church, who came together to look at two things. One was how do we organize ourselves internally and think about how the church is led. Um, and the answer that they came up with to that question is CLT right now for this season, um, core leadership team. And the other kind of question that um, the discovery team were asking was, how does Vine Life connect to the wider church? How are we cared for and how do we express ourselves um, out into the wider body of Christ. Um, that second question, it became apparent over the course um, of the discovery team process. So that question really needed to be answered by the leaders of the church, the CLT, um, in consultation with you guys and in conversation with you guys. Um, and so really that, that was one of the sort of top priorities that was handed on um, to us as, as CLT in September um, when we were commissioned. And... Um, Again, for all of us, um, just like Ralph's been sharing this morning, like it's really important that we are connected to the wider body of Christ, that we are um, not just um, covered and protected when things get hard or we need some help and things go wrong, um, but that we have somewhere to give out into, that the stuff that happens in this room and in your lives, that is going to be for the benefit of someone meeting in another church down the road across the country in another nation somewhere else. So we were really keen to, to figure out kind of how does this thing work. So over the last six months or so, um, we've had lots of, lots of conversations with one another, lots of conversations um, with um, other church leaders. We've sought advice. Um, those in Discovery Team have passed on a bunch of really helpful recommendations. We've explored the different um, networks um, and denominations that are out there. 
Um, but really from the outset, um, one of the things that carried over from our um, experience of, uh, of, of 2021, when things were really tricky for us as a church family, we had a couple of significant leaders who are in the city who came alongside us, walked with us, people that we'd known for a really long time, um, and just with their help and the support, um, both on a personal level to us as leaders and um, organisationally, just really helped us think through what it was that we were trying to do um, all throughout that period. Um, and, and one of those was, was Richard Annis, who leads King's Church in Manchester. Um, and Richard, along with his wife Judith, who lead the church together, they are also um, regional leaders for um, Pioneer in, in the north of England. So Pioneer, if you've not heard of them, they are a relational network of churches um, all across the UK um, and around the world. Um, there's a bunch of churches in the south and there's a handful of churches in the north and in the northwest, in particular the closest one um, being King's Church. Um, and like I said, part of the reason we've been aware of Pioneer is because of the relationship that we've built with Richard and Judith um, over the last couple of years. They've been such a helpful support to us. They've asked us some brilliant questions, um, both, uh, I just remember lots of chats um, with um, San, Andy, myself and Richard um, uh, sat in the building at Ardwick just trying to figure out what, our, what we were trying to do um, as a church and, and what was going to be next for us. And then um, over the last few months together as, as a core leadership team, they've been a really helpful voice um, for us, just helping clarify our thoughts. Um, so we've, we've, we've been chatting with those guys um, and uh, it, has, it has felt like both a really strong relational fit, a really strong um, cultural fit for who we are as a church community to consider um, being part of the of the pioneer network um, there's some stages in that we're not just jumping in with both feet straight away like Neil's going to talk about in just a minute um, but we've met with a t as a team Richard and Judith um, a couple of months ago and we unanimously as a core leadership team um, feel like taking the next steps with pioneer is the best way forward for us as a church community you know, there's this phrase in Acts 15 that has popped out quite a lot over the last couple of years of saying it felt right to the Holy Spirit and to us that this was the next move. Um, and so that's really kind of been our been our experience over this last little while. So Neil's going to just chat a little bit about what that might look like, these next steps. Yeah, so um, why pioneer, I suppose, is probably the question that's running through your, your mind. Um, well, we just see a lot of alignment, a lot of resonance uh, with what they uh, stand for, how they operate, uh, and who they are. A um, little, little fun story. Um, uh, the network is actually led by uh, Ness Wilson, and uh, they, uh, her and her husband lead church in Loughborough. And I got saved in Loughborough in 1994, and... While I got saved, obviously everything was new to me, like church and what's all this, you know, stuff going on. Um, Holy Spirit was moving. Apparently it was controversial that people were falling over in the spirit. I didn't know that. And um, this young couple planted a new church called Open Heaven while I was at university. Said young couple, Rich and Ness Wilson. Isn't that fun? And now they've come back into, my, into our world um, through Pioneer. So that's, that's a fun little story for you. And the other one I wanted to share, you mentioned the Wimbers. So John Wimber, obviously a very important part of this church's history and the church history around the world. And if you don't know who John Wimber is, do find out more. Um, but his 
daughter-in-law, Christy Wimbert, was speaking at a pioneer event at King's Church a few years ago. So I clocked that, and so I asked Richard, um, "Can I sneak in? Because I was we weren't actually, you know, I wasn't actually supposed to be there." And I managed to get in on an evening because Richard's very kind, let me in, and I got to hear from Christy Wimber through Pioneer Network. So that was quite fun. Um, and then so then Pioneer comes on our radar in terms of Richard and Judith and. Um, I already had that in my head and I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, and you just, again, Holy Spirit nudges and you think, gosh, this feels like a big decision. This feels like, wow, where are we going? But there was just that comfort of like, these are people I've had history with and there's some resonance there in that. So specifically, core values of uh, Pioneer, um, they're relational, um, charismatic, kingdom orientated and missional. Um, so these are all things that I think we can all um, sign up to. Ooh, that's handy. They're on the screen. Um, they have um, some of their characteristics or distinctives that they would um, say is important to them as pioneer. Is uh, They prioritize the presence of God. Uh, women in uh, leadership is really important. As I already mentioned, um, the actual network is led by a woman in Ness. Um, they have unity in the body of Christ as a really high priority. And as we've just been talking about how important that is to us. A sense of adventure uh, is part of their distinctives, which I think we can resonate with as well. Uh, leadership is expressed in team. Uh, and again, that's, that's a path that we have gone down. Uh, and every member has a part to play, which I think is, uh, uh, those of you who've been around a long time might have heard that a little while ago uh, through uh, when we were part of the vineyard movement. So that's uh, some of the aspects of why um, yeah, we just felt, we just feel that resonance with Pioneer. So it's not just we love Richard and Judith, which we do, uh, and they are great people who've really helped us through this season, but also just these qualities, these aspects of who Pioneer is um, really feels like us uh, and who we are as a church. Um, other aspects of it, they really value local autonomy. It's an empowering network. Um, we're not entering a denomination, um, so we don't have to change who we are or how we operate. So nothing's going to change from your perspective necessarily um, because we're part of Pioneer. Um, I think this is the part that's really exciting in that we get to um, be liberated in that support uh, and not restricted. Um, you know, we've already met a few churches from the network. We got invited to a, a leaders event at King's a few months ago, uh, and they're all really different, um, different to us uh, in some respects, but have a lot of our core values as well. And uh, just, you know, another aside, um, you know, um, my Sarah, you may not may or may not know, goes out and about all around the country um, talking to churches about kids work and training uh, kids leaders and different things. Already been invited um, to be a part of what Pioneer are doing before we've had this conversation. She's spoken at, our, at the Pioneer National Leaders Conference, done a seminar there and has met lots of churches through that. And uh, uh, one of those is in Dorset. Um, that Sarah's going to speak at in Dorset and, it, and they sound completely different to us, don't they? Uh, in a really rural setting, um, but they're really excited about what Sarah brings into that context. So again, just a lot of synergy, yet not uh, we're not going into a cookie cutter exercise. Um, their leadership, we really resonate obviously with Richard and Judith, but also Ness, um, who leads nationally and we've had a chance to, to meet her uh, and as well as spend a lot of time with Richard and Judith, who mentioned. Um, they swim, this is the word they use, I think, um, with or have history with a lot of uh, ministries and people that we really love. 
Um, so 24-7 prayer, those of you who have heard of 24-7 prayer and Pete Gregg, um, and those guys, um, I think they said they were kind of birthed out of Pioneer. Um, Fusion, um, which those of you who are students and, and know uh, we've worked with Fusion for a number of years, um, is a part of Pioneer. Um, the Wildfires Festival, um, which is something I've never made it to, but I know uh, I know Andy Lucia Bean and there are other maybe other people who maybe experienced that um, would be something that we're really inspired by and want to be uh, in connection with. Um, so yeah, can I think I hope I'm painting a picture of why um, Pioneer fits, why it makes sense, um, not just uh, we've just plucked it out of the air. So as we mentioned, we're not. Um, diving straight in and saying, we are becoming a pioneer church as of midnight tonight and everything changes. No, no, we're not doing that. Um, there is a pathway that we've that is very kind of them really to open up to us called being a friend of pioneer. So basically we get some of the benefits of being in the network without actually any of the cost or um, financially. And, uh, and also we get to then journey with them and, and get to know them. Um, and you all get to know them as well before or maybe not, we sign on the dotted line um, so to become a pioneer church. Um, so that is a real benefit, I think, for us to be able to say to all of us, please be processing this with the Holy Spirit. Come and ask questions. And there's going to be opportunities for you to meet, um, certainly Richard and Judith, um, when we can correlate diaries. Uh, we're going to get a date for that so that we can all uh, chat to them. And... Um, We'll get the benefit of their support. We'll get the benefit of some of the training and the events. Um, certainly us as a leadership team, we have to go to their national event as well. Um, so there's lots of benefits and support and covering that will already begin to kind of happen as we become Friends of Pioneer, but we're not get, we won't get everything. So some of the more legal and um, safeguarding support and things like that that won't necessarily be available straight away. And we won't be able to call ourselves a pioneer church or part of the pioneer network straight away. Um, so that's kind of where we are uh, and where we hope to be going. So what's next? Hopefully you've, you've caught onto that from Neil that Friends of Pioneer, that option is an option for a reason because we want to track with this decision as a community, not just as a leadership team that is just sort of imposing something on, on this community and, and we hope that you agree. Like we actually want to do this together. And we really recognize that as CLT, we've, we've uh, had the opportunity to chat at length together. We've been able to speak to Richard and Judith. We've been able to uh, go away and pray and, and weigh this up for ourselves. We want you to do the same. And that takes time. And so Friends of Pioneer is a way of creating that time. It's, a, it's showing, I hope, the step, that, the direction that we as a leadership team feel is right to be going in. But it's actually creating time for you to go and pray, to ask questions, to be able to speak to Richard and Judith. So, so the, the uh, space we're hoping for that is the conversation space that uh, will be coming up in early July. Uh, we have not yet got a date for that because we are trying to correlate diaries uh, with Richard and Judith. Um, but as soon as that date comes through, we will be letting you know about that. Um, and um, I'd want... We'd want to emphasize that actually becoming a friend of Pioneer, like, like Neil said, it's not a, a restrictive cookie cutter model 
of what church has to look like. So we would very much want to still be inviting voices and people into our church who we who are carrying things that that we value and that we want to grow in and we want to benefit from. And so that variety of voices is still something that will be present. That won't change. And so in the same way that we had Linda Staley come and speak at the student weekend away, we have Neil Hudson come and join us for our whole church weekend weekend away. Those kinds of opportunities will not disappear through us becoming friends of Pioneer or, or becoming a Pioneer church. And so in terms of a time scale, we would like to have a decision on whether we are becoming a Pioneer church or not by early 2024. That's the time scale we're looking to. So we've got really the rest of this year to be listening together, for you to be asking questions and, and, and hearing from Richard and Judith, go away and have a look at their website, all of those kinds of things. And, and as a leadership team, we'd want to be making a decision early into next year. And, and I also just want to acknowledge that uh, this is a change, isn't it? This is new. This is new for us as a church. This isn't part of our story so far. There may be similarities of, of some people and of some kind of threads that are running through, but this is a, this is a change for us. And, and so probably as you're sat here, there are a range of feelings around that from, I don't know, maybe concern through to agreement through to not having much opinion at all and maybe a whole range of things in between. And all of that is okay. All of that is okay. And as a, as a team, we are more than open to wanting to hear your thoughts and your, and your questions for us to have conversation together uh, and to be able to talk through that together so that actually you can have peace in this decision that we're making too and that we can do this together we can journey together and and I'd want to assure you that we um we have really thought carefully about this this hasn't been a well we like Richard and Judith so that'll do it hasn't it hasn't although I, do, I am big fans but it, it hasn't been that process at all we've had really robust conversations together that absolutely um I'd want to echo what Ralph was sharing of is does pioneer does it give us the opportunity for us to to find those that we can co-mission with that we can actually bring something to the wider body of Christ and receive something from the wider body of Christ as well does it do that we think it does but we've also asked ourselves those very practical questions too. Is this the right way of bringing external oversight for our church? Are there, are there other options that we need to be considering? Is it going to bring the levels of accountability and oversight that we really do need? And the last couple of years has really highlighted that. And does it actually feed into um, what we've learned from the last couple of years? Does it provide a, a, some level of solution to that? Is it going to safeguard against us having to navigate the last two years in the way that we have? And it's not that we want to uh, be planning for another church crisis. We're not. But you know what? It would be naive to, to assume it could never happen again where we are faced with a leadership gap. So for whatever reason that might be. So we've had to consider, is this actually going to provide robust support and structure that we needed two years ago and we didn't have? That's something we've considered. And that might be uncomfortable to think about. I do recognize that, but it's important to be asking ourselves. We'd be doing us and you a disservice if we didn't. And something we talked about is actually is joining a network. Is it gonna, is, are we going to have to lose something of who we are by doing that? We don't think we do. 
We think we only have something to gain by doing this. So we as a team have had the opportunity to wrestle with these questions, to talk about these things together, and we have come to a resolution where we think, no, this is the right way forward. But you all need to have that too, and you need time to have that um, come to that place as well. And that makes me, for some people, you might be sat here now, now thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm in. That's good. All sounds good to me. Others may want more time and more conversation and, and their space to do that, which is why it's this Friends of Pine option. Um, so in terms of, um, of talking to us, obviously we are a, a team of five now. Jo, the wonderful Joe Reason, she's on youth this morning. That's why she's not here. Um, but she, uh, for all of us, talk to us individually. And we will be assured we will share that with the wider team and, and bring that together and talk about those things together and, and talk about them together with you, if that's helpful. Uh, email in. I know that's a bit impersonal, but it's a way of quickly contacting all of us together. What's our email address, John? CLT at vinelife.co.uk. That's not hard to remember. Sorry, everyone. <clears throat> um, so email us in if you've got particular questions or things that you'd want to, for, to just make sure we've thought about even. Like, help us with any blind spots we might have. Um, we, we need all of us together. We're a community together, and we want to move forward together. Um, does that sound all right with everyone? Great. Neil, you're going to lead us in some prayer, aren't you? Yeah. So um, lots of information to take in there. Aware of that. Um, but as, um, as Ralph called us earlier, this isn't something we're doing on our own. This isn't uh, something insignificant. This is really significant. Um, so let's pray together, yeah? Let's pray um, for us, uh, for Pioneer, and for the church uh, across the city uh, and other churches that we are aware of. So let's stand together. So with Jesus, we thank you that we get to be a part of the body, your body, the body of Christ. So Jesus, I pray that as we take this journey as vine life, that we will find our wider brothers and sisters to co-labor with, to co be commissioned by you with. Lord, we're not doing this because it sounds good. We're doing this because you've asked us to. Lord, we know that you, your cry of your heart is that we will be unified, that we would see you get your full reward, Jesus. Lives changed, people saved, communities transformed, nations discipled. And Lord, we can't do that on our own. We can only do it with you and with each other and with the wider church. So this morning, we pray, Lord, as we consider Friends of Pioneer, we're not just thinking about um, us. We're thinking about how your mission can be fulfilled on earth as it is in heaven. So that's our prayer this morning, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, finelife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless, and see you soon.